Genesis chapter number 22. We are continuing on the church series, The Promise. And God has been ministering to us in a peculiar way. And last week we talked on the subject, the promise, the demand, and the promise. And this was one of our scriptures, the book of Genesis chapter number 22 and verse number 1. The Bible says, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Verse 2. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. On one of what? On one of the mountains of which I will what? Show you. I will tell you. So Abraham rose early. Uh, so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. I want you to offer your son. And then the Bible says, so Abraham rose early in the morning. Go and offer your son as a burnt offering. And then the next thing we hear is that Abraham rose early in the morning. Like for real? Offer your son, whom you love, your only son, as a burnt offering. And then the Bible says early in the morning, Abraham rose up and he prepared the wood and the fire and started a journey. And the Bible says, then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Three days journey to go and kill your son. <laughs> and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and the Lord and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Was Abraham lying? Was he speaking by faith? But whatever it was, in the place of sacrifice, there is a place you must leave the masses aside. The Bible says, he told his servants, remain here, while I and the sacrifice. To them he is a son, but to Abraham the son is his sacrifice. Whilst I and my sacrifice go yonder and worship. You want to know, child of God, that there is no true worship minus sacrifice. All worship is sacrificial. And when you are sacrificing in worship, there is a place you must leave the masses. There is a place you must forget about aroma of glory. There must be a place you forget about your neighbor. It is between you and God. 
And the only promise that AGM has, and the only promise that your neighbor has is that you will return to them after the sacrifice. So Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife. Oh God. <laughs> and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, um, My father. Then he responds and says, Yes, my son. He says, Look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for sacrifice? According to the culture you have taught me, that is that whenever you are going to sacrifice, you need three things. Number one, you need the wood. Number two, you need the fire. And most ultimately, what makes the sacrifice a sacrifice is the sacrifice. But, but, but how are we going to offer sacrifice minus the sacrifice? Abba, shut up. There is an introduction, but there is no main body here. Where is the real thing? I can see the lamb for the sacrifice. <laughs> and Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. God will provide for himself a lamb. And I said, the word provide is the word raha. The Hebrew word raha, which means to see to eat. So in other words, Abraham is telling his son that the Lord will see to eat. That he provides for himself. Listen to me, child of God. To seek to provide for yourself is to tell yourself you've got the ability to see to it that everything in your life is in order. And I know no man on earth who is able to see to it that every detail of their life is in order. But I know a God who is, who is above all things, who is the creator of all things, that when he says, I will look unto you with mercy, he sees to it that all ingredients needed for your lifting are in place. Alright? And then they, they went to the place which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the Lord or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Other versions say you love God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, as it is to this day. In the mountain of the Lord, it shall be 
provided. I declare that as you climb that mountain and you climb with a sacrifice, may it be provided to you in the mountain of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So this morning I'm speaking on the subject, the demand. I'm speaking on the subject, what? The demand. Corley Fry said this thing. He says, the greatest evidence of love is sacrifice. The greatest evidence of love is what? Sacrifice. The greatest uh, evidence of love is sacrifice. Now, what is sacrifice, you may ask? Sacrifice is an act of giving up something valued. It's an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded more important or worthy. Sacrifice, to sacrifice or sacrifice is an act of giving up something of value for the sake of something else regarded more important or worthy. In other words, there is no sacrifice without value. That's why sometimes you engage in certain relationships and people begin to question, was he worth sacrificing all that you have done? Was it worth the sacrifice? Because they look at the value of something you have given up. For example, you enter into a, a particular relationship and you start missing classes and, and, and eventually you drop out of school and they ask you, was he worth the sacrifice? Because School is important more than this relationship at this point. Or oh, you, 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 you fall out of grace with God for the sake of a relationship. You, you realize that your relationship with God is more important than this particular relationship. So sacrifice has to be accounted for in value. In other words, it's easier to sacrifice when you place value to the one you're sacrificing to. The reason we fail to sacrifice to the Lord is because of the value we've placed on Him. If your job is more important than God, it will be more difficult for you to sacrifice your job for God. If your relationship is more important than God, it will be very hard for you to submit your relationship to God. If money is more important to you than God, it will be more difficult for you to sacrifice your money to the Lord. Because you only sacrifice what you hold dear to somebody or something that you consider more dear. Praise the Lord. Now, the scripture we read, this narrative begins with after this, the Lord tested Abraham. Now, there is a difference between a test and a temptation. A temptation is meant to bring you down. A test is meant to prove your faith. So, when the devil is tempting you, is not trying your faith. 
He wants to lure you away from the faith. But when God is testing you, he wants to prove your faith. How much value you've placed on him. So God's tests are to determine who is serious about faith. The tests of God are meant to identify in whose lives he will fully be God. So when God is testing, he wants to see out of the many here, in whose life am I God? In whose life am I of value? The tests of God are to develop in his people certain desirable qualities for the life of faith. So when God is testing you, he wants to develop within you certain qualities of faith without which it is impossible for you to navigate the Christian faith. He wants to build capacity. Praise the Lord. So now, this particular scripture we read is the climax of God's test for Abraham. The number one test was in Genesis chapter number 12 verse number 1. Where God appears to Abraham and tells him, leave your father's house, leave your kindred, which is your family, and your country. Every time God lays a demand on Abraham, you realize there is some living of some kind. There is no demand of God that will leave you clinging on to things. I want to let you know that in the makeup of man, by man I mean human beings, in the makeup of the entire human race, there is nobody that is, has got the capacity, an inbuilt capacity to release stuff. The ability within man that is innate in their nature is that of keeping stuff that they, they, they deem valuable. That's why every time somebody tells you there is a donation we are about to make we are making a donation the first place you will run to is not where your favorite clothes are you begin to look for things that are tight then you begin to look for things that are of no value those are the things that you are inbuilt meant to release Man is not meant to release what they hold valuable. Man is built to keep everything they deem valuable. That's why even when people have got many vehicles at home, there are particular vehicles they can rent out or give everybody else to drive. There is a particular car they will not release. This one because of the value they place on it. Other people will tell you, okay, because it's about the value. You understand? So man is not meant to leave anything they hold dear. But when God visits Abraham, before he can begin any interactions with him, he tells him, at this point, you are going to leave your father. You want to know that a father is important to any household. 
There is a sense of security when there is a father in the house. But the Lord says, leave your father's house. And last week I said, there are particular dimensions of God's providence you will never see until you leave. So God says, leave your father's house. Not only there, your family, your brothers, your sisters, your friends, not only that, but your country. Ah, there is a certain level of confidence that you begin to develop when you know this is my country. Ah, we just voted for a new president and you say my vote counted and then the Lord says leave Zambia, go to the land that I will show you. Then you read the news where God is telling you to go is Afghanistan. <laughs> you begin to wonder, Lord, I, I think the land of milk and honey, uh, you are misplaced, the land of milk and honey is Zambia, but God has demanded that you leave. Because if you are going to fully trust God, you must fully let go. <laughs> ah, praise God. So the two places these two encounters in chapter 12 and chapter number 22 are the pillars of Abraham's walk of faith so go to the land I will show you in, in chapter number 12 in chapter number 22 go to Moriah on the mountain I will show you ah, yeah. <laughs> leave your father's house go to the land I will show you. Leave your house. Go to Moriah on the mountain. I will show you. Every time God is about to demand sacrifice, there is some letting go to be done. If you are not ready to let go, you are not ready to let God. Ah. If you are not ready to let go, then you are not ready to let God. There are many of us that are still crying for God's intervention in our lives, but we are still holding on to things that God is asking us to sacrifice. There are many of us that are still believing God for intervention in our lives, but, but we are still holding on to stuff that God is asking us to sacrifice. Now, you want to know that both cause are asking for release. Let go of your country. Let go of your family. Let go of your father's house. Let go of your son whom you love, Isaac. Two points. And we see where the Lord will lead us. Number one, in chapter number 12, God, you, you, you want to see this? Every time God is demanding for sacrifice, there are two things he's asking from you. Number one, as we can see from chapter number uh, 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 12, God will ask you to hand over your entire past. Leave your father's house. This is what forms his identity. This is what forms his CV. He has grown up in his father's house. He has grown up learning the culture of his land. 
Abraham has seen God. Abraham has known whatever he has known because of his parents and because of his family. And the Lord begins afresh with him. He says, I'm about to take you to a place. But before I do that, I want you to let go of your past. There are some of us who are limited right now into stepping into particular identities, into particular territories that the Lord is taking us to only because we've held on to our past. This is how we have done things. This is how I have grown up. God is desiring for you to go into ministry. And every time God encounters particular people, a past is always an hindrance. Moses go, how shall I speak? I'm a star. Isaiah. Sending by God, the limitation is our past. Listen to me and listen, good child of God. I don't know what your past looks like, but until you learn to surrender it to God, there is no future for you, there is no tomorrow for you. Because for God to begin with you, there must be a handover of power. But this power is not just in the future, this power is the power of your past. Because your culture begins to shape you. Your experiences begin to shape you. Some of us are because of our sinful acts of the past. Now that you are born again, you are scared of going public because you know everybody in your area knew how you went. Everybody knows your ex-boyfriend. Everybody knows your ex-girlfriend. Uh, 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 everybody knows how that you stole. There was a public spectacle. They know you were before. They know you struggled with a particular thing before. They know how you used to beg and you're scared of going into that neighborhood to begin to evangelize. Your past child of God has changed you behind. Your past child of God has limited your movement. But I came to let you know that there is a demand because for every promise given, there is a demand of obedience required. I don't know whether you understand it or you will not, but the promises of God, the demands of God are not meant to be understood. They are meant to be obeyed. When God commands you, you don't have to understand it. Knowing that God is the all-knowing God, the value of the nature of God begins to guide how you respond to him. And listen to me, H.E.M., this morning the Lord is demanding your past. The Lord is demanding your past. Yes, I know you fell pregnant before, but that is in the past. Yes, I know you slept before, but that is in your past. Yes, I know you struggled with lust before, but that is in your past. Yes, I know you did stuff in, in, the, in, in, in the years ago, but that is in your past. But if God is going to begin with you, there must be a handover. And I came to let you know that today is that day of handing over. Today is that day of handing over. Oh Lord, I let go of my past. I let go of my mistakes. I let go of my achievements. Some of the things in our past are our achievements. And we begin to think, because of what I achieved, there's no more thing to achieve. I have achieved everything, but I let I came to let you know there is more where it is 
coming from. Your encounter of yesterday should not limit you to the encounter of today. And your encounter of today should not limit your encounter of tomorrow. Somebody has to let go of their past. It is only when you leave that God begins to do certain things. He says, leave your father's house and I will make you a father of many nations. There is no making with God unless there is a letting go to God. When you leave your father's house, I will make you a father. When you leave your father's house, I will make you a father. Listen to me and listen God. There is no authority being handed over to you except you let go. Your past. Somebody declare with me, I refuse to be changed to my past. I release my past to get my future. Praise God. Number two. In chapter number 22, it says, I am requiring your son whom you love, Isaac. And I told you, Isaac is a fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. God says, leave your father's house and I'll make you a father of many nations. Right? And then he says, I will make this covenant sure through your son, Isaac. Do you remember that in, 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 in the process last week we talked about between the day the promise is given and the day the promise is fulfilled, there is in between a process. And you must learn how to behave within the process. And I gave you an example of, of Abraham, that Sarah got tired and approached Abraham and said, okay, but the promise is good, but, but the, 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 the demand is costly, it is huge, and, and we are getting old. I think, go in with this, our servant. And he went in with the servant and he bought a son, Ishmael. And God said, all right, you've tried to help me, but this is not what I promised you. And I said that God is not looking for your help. God is looking for your faith. Because sometimes we feel like we can help God fulfill his promise. When he promises, the demand to fulfill the promise is on the one that made the promise, not the one that receives. The requirement of the one that receives is just faith. To believe that the one that promised is able to fulfill so when they had Ishmael, he went to God and said, God, no, see if you can fulfill your promises. No, 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 no. On Ishmael, I will bless him. And I will increase him exceedingly. And he will be a leader of 12 tribes. But the covenant of that promise I made to you will only be fulfilled through Isaac. Alright? So now, God now comes back after Isaac is born and said, give me your son. Lord, you are the one that gave me this son. And then I must be the one giving you again this son. This mathematics doesn't work well. No, 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 no. Because it's like I come to you 
you a jacket. And then after three days, he come back and said, Mutuan, you have a jacket. But I thought you gave me. But the transaction is this. What you are given becomes yours. How or what you do with what you are given reveals your heart. What you are given becomes yours. And how you treat that thing or what you do with it reveals your heart. So now God comes. So the second thing is that the number one, hand over your entire past. Number two, hand over your entire future. <laughs> Give me your son. The son that I promised you is the son I need from you. Somebody didn't catch it. The son that I promised you is the son I need from you. God will not demand from you what he has not given you. That's why it is a lie to think you are going to begin to sacrifice to God the moment you have a salary. It's a lie. Because there is what is in your hands today. If you cannot give out what you have today, you will never give out what you have tomorrow. Now I'm just a student, so you see, uh, when I begin to work, mm, still a student, huh? A sacrifice is a sacrifice. It is what it is, it's a sacrifice. You see, there is a free will offering. There is a sacrifice. The two are different. Remember what I said? A sacrifice is about giving up what is of value for the sake of something else that is considered more important or worthy. Eating chicken and chips is important for break time. But you, you realize uh, God is more important. So my worship through giving is more important. Then you get, you sacrifice what is supposed to feed your stomach for something that is supposed to feed your destiny. It's an equation of what? Value. So he says your son whom I promised you is the son that I require from you. The very one through whom your descendants would be born is the one I require. The very one through whom you are going to be a father of many nations is the one I need. What you notice, what you notice throughout these two calls is the specificity of what God is demanding. God is very specific with what he wants. specific with what he wants. There is a statement that we've held, a statement that we've held on to in the public domain. Pasa mutima veo phone. So that mutima ukondwele. 
Let's bring it to change. So that the sacrifice is not meant to make you happy. It is meant to satisfy the recipient of the sacrifice. The problem is we, we want to be happy. And you are going to sacrifice? Sacrifices are plentiful. But there is no true value anywhere except that it is expressed through sacrifice. Genuine love is tested by the amount of sacrifice it gives. That's why you can have a very tight timetable, but you create time. To go and see the people you say you love. Okay, what I will do is, okay, I'll miss just that one lecture last Ah, but don't you think it's important? Ah, I know, but I'll catch up. I've given somebody to write notes on my head. <laughs> because love thrives in sacrifice. Ah, Kabasha. I hope somebody heard that. Love thrives in sacrifice. That's why when God needed to express his love for humanity, even though man had failed him, God sacrificed his son, Jesus Christ. And that is the, 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 the epitome of the love of God for humanity, that he gave his only son, the son that he loves, Jesus Christ, to come and die for human beings. It is an exchange. Yes, Jesus is valuable, but I need the nations. I'm looking for a gift. I'm looking for a Joel. I'm looking for an Elizabeth. So what am I going to do? The one that I have, I'm going to release for the sake of the many that I must have. Sacrifice is an exchange. Sacrifice has to do with you believing God for more. When you sacrifice, you create room for more.
on the altar is the moment you begin to see God providing. Sacrifice is an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded more important or worthy. Child of God, what is it that the Lord is demanding from you? What is it that the Lord is asking for from you? Now, sometimes when we teach on things like sacrifice, the quick stuff, you begin to think of Pastor needs money. But you know what? Only because man is meant to cling to what they value. Some man is meant. The default is to hold on to what you But every man or woman that has dealt with the Lord, great, that is being used effectively, is a man or woman that has left the Lord's sacrifice. Sacrifice goes beyond money. Sacrifice goes everything we can. Some of us, our only problem is food. We can sacrifice money, but to miss a meal is an issue. So when they call for fasting, it's a no for We would rather sponsor people to fast than we have. Because money is not your problem. Your problem You know how you know something that is more important in your life? Ask yourself a question and answer it within yourself. Around your life, what is it that you can't lose? Like if, if there was room for you to lose everything, and then they ask you, just pick something or two that you didn't want to lose. And whatever that has come to your mind that you can't lose. That is your God. And there was silence in church. <laughs> I do worship is not just you going to new in a shrine and begin to worship a chaos image. Uh-uh. It is to holding on to something. It is holding on to something very dear that you can't release to anybody, including God. Some of us, if God decided to take our parent, it is the last day we will step in church. Some of us, if God decided to take away our job, it is the last day we will ever step in church. Some of us, if God decided to break that relationship, it is the last day we will Some of us, if our business died, 
That is the last day we will be changed. Because we compare God to the things we hold in our hands. God is just a particular thing or being in our life. God is asking for sacrifice. This sacrifice goes to a place of you coming to church for goes to a place of you finding time to go for presidents. goes into you finding time to, 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 to be available for your departure. But unless there is sacrifice, there is no provision for time. And God will never ask from you what He has not already given you. You know that the problem is this people want to give part of what they have to the God who gave all of what He is for them. God gave all of Him to win you, but you want to give part of you to win Him. thought about it, that God gave everything to gain you, and you want to give just a particular thing to gain you. God needs all of you, not part of you. No, I said God needs all of you, not just part of you. God needs all of you, not just part of you. God needs what? And not God is asking for everything. So I was telling you, it's not money. It's you. If you are sold out, then everything around you will not be hard to release. Every promise of God given there is a demand of obedience for As I'm speaking to you, I want you to think through your life and ask yourself a question. What is it that the Lord is demanding from me? What part of my life have I not released from the Lord? To the Lord again.
your wife will give up in your previous life. Some of us are this confident to stand on the promises of God only because there are certain things we gave up. that God wants us to get to but we will not get there unless we get to a place of total surrender so I ask you once again what is it in your life that you are holding on to that God is demanding for a sacrifice show me a standing